0: What's up? It's another episode of Film Streak. My name is Rob, and what I usually do here is I go and look at some new movies, new movies I've never seen before, and I talk about that with you here. Now, uh, in some other episodes, I might talk about some recent stuff that's come out, maybe some stuff that's even still in theaters as I'm recording. Uh, Maybe I'll go back and look at some films from certain filmmakers or certain genres, things like that. Every once in a while, I like to also look at films that have been remade over the years. And I did that not too long ago. Uh, I looked at Solaris, which was a science fiction film from the 70s. It was a Russian film. And then it was remade, uh, I think, in the early 2000s. And um, just kind of comparing and, and understanding what the differences are and even... Why a film would be remade, especially the exact same story or premise, and uh, I, and I've done this in the past. I even actually I even did this in another episode of Film Streak, uh, talking about Black Christmas. I think that was late last year, around the holidays. Uh, I looked at the original and then looked at uh, one of the remakes. I, I used to do this uh, in in written form. I've talked about, um, let's see, what are the other films? Uh, I looked at the Thomas crown affair, which I personally, uh, it's a toss up for me, like, which is the better film. I like a lot of what's in the original with Steve McQueen and Faye Dunaway. But I also really, really like the remake with Pierce Brosnan and, and Rene Russo. Like that one, it just has a certain style and, a and a tempo to it that uh, it's more my speed, maybe. Um, another that I looked at uh, in the past was the getaway, which, um, you know, <laughs> I posted some clips of the original with Steve McQueen and Alan McGraw. And then with uh, Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger. And I posted some clips to an old YouTube account, like what, 15 years ago, maybe. and, I I guess I got to give thanks in some way roundabout to uh Joe Rogan and the guests that he occasionally has on including a personal favorite uh Uncle Joey Coco Diaz right who who is a great comedian and always seems to bring up this film in some way or another the the original version of the getaway and for whatever reason whenever they're talking about it, the clip that I posted so many years ago always seems to come up and I get a new wave of hits and comments and all that. It's really kind of strange because part of me thinks, Oh, that's cool that people understand some of the significance of that film. But it's also like the clip that especially seems to come up is when Steve McQueen just like smacks the shit out of Alan McGraw on the side of the road. And, uh, I don't know if that's the right optics for like why we want to celebrate that movie. Um, I mean, it's Sam Peckinpah, it's the the cast, the the story of it. Uh, there's a lot to either admire or or respect about the film, but a scene where a, a man smacks his wife on the side of the highway—is it real? Is it not real? It looks convincing, so that's just you know that's badass. I'm, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if that's really the take I would have on that. Um, but it's funny that that still that clip still seems to have a life because of that. Strange, right? So aside from those other films, in this episode, I wanted to get to a a film that I have never seen before, and I've had it on my list for a little while, and I actually almost uh I almost watched it and talked about it in an earlier episode of Film Streak. When I was looking at films about gamblers and uh, that whole genre of films. And uh, I saved it. I said, no, I, I want to save it. I want to watch this and then look at the remake and see kind of where, where we are. Like what's really working and what doesn't work on either one. So let's get to it. Okay, here we go. Film streak two fifty eight. The gambler. Forty four thousand
1: dollars. Forty
2: four thousand dollars, Axel. It ain't just numbers. How are you gonna get it? I'll
1: get it. You can deck your own show.
2: Getting pretty reckless for a little rebel, don't you? you Go. You are Yankee
0: free. you are
1: tight. <laughs> she is not for you. Not for a man of character and virtue my oh god axel have i raised the son to have the morals of a snake you're gonna help me or not this is fifteen thousand dollars you want to withdraw i know how much it is can you help me please i must see proof that she's naomi Freed. look i came out of her
2: womb and i am telling you that she's naomi freed give her the money look, you're not gonna tell me you're gonna come up short are you how much you got 15 Fifteen, huh? Fifteen thousand is all you got out of forty-four. Fifteen hundred. You're here to tell me how you're going to make good on that debt right now. How'd you like to make five thousand cash? It depends on what you have in mind. You don't have to lose the game. You just have to make sure that you do not win by more than seven.
1: four dimes. That's six El Dorado's. <laughs> Max, we shouldn't laugh.
2: This is serious. You're the last person I want anything bad to happen to. Them. You know that. Oh,
1: oh, oh my God! Oh, These oh. <laughs> two big guys came up. The ugly guys. And they grabbed Eugene from behind. And the other guy broke a bottle on the floor. And he started digging the eggs. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I
2: his Face. When Dostoevsky tells us that he reserves his sacred right to insist that two and two make five, uh, he must be riding on sheer will. Will? Yes. yes. The issue is whether he has the will to believe he's right. What do you say? Bet what?
1: your thousand to make this shot.
2: Two thousand. Five thousand. Cash.
1: What are
2: you, an animal? Don't you ever have any fun? Oh, you're hey, actually, you could have been a star. I
1: can't lose. I've got magic powers. I'm scorching.
0: I'm hot as a pistol. <laughs> All right, so this is a film that uh, came out in 1974. Stars James Caan, Paul Servino, Lauren Hutton. Uh, it's got a really strong... 70s era cast you've even got some people who are recognizable from other films and even someone like Burt Young people know him from Rocky um someone like Vic Tabak who you know James Woods is even in this in the small part there's enough people in here that you if you pay attention enough you you will notice like they've been in a lot of other films and um I think this, at least, has a, a certain a certain authenticity because you don't necessarily associate these people, these types of actors, with uh, being superstars or being uh, leading men. Even, I mean, James Caan is really the the closest you have here, but this character of Axel that he plays, I mean, he's he's not necessarily that. He's a college professor. And it's clearly quickly established that he has a pretty significant gambling problem. And we see him right away. He's losing big. He gets in with Hips, who is played by Paul Servino, and he knows that he's going to get in trouble. And so... um He really takes a little bit of mercy on him, but also understands like, this is not gonna end well. He's gotta get his shit together.
2: You ride in Mexico? It ain't far enough. As a matter of fact, nowhere's far enough for you right now. I don't understand you, Axel. You didn't need this shit. You could've coasted on what you had going. Listen, I'm gonna tell you something I never told a customer before. Personally, I never made a bet in my life. You know why? Because I've observed firsthand what we'd seen the different kinds of people that are addicted to gambling. What we would call degenerates. I've noticed there's one thing that makes all of them the same. You know what that is? Yes. They're all looking to lose.
0: You mean you know that?
2: I could have wiped the floor with your ass. Yeah? How? By playing just the games I knew I'd win. Then why didn't you? Listen, if, if all my bets were safe, there just wouldn't be any Juice? Juice? Well, whatever that's supposed to mean, I hope you got a lot of it saved up because you're sure going to be needing something.
0: And so, when you see how Axel has to find ways to get money to try to get back into the game and, and you know win back and get above whatever he was at, he's got to recoup these losses. He's got to pay people back. He's he's got a lot of people on his tail now. Um, You know, this film, this story, it tries to balance him being a somewhat uh, upstanding member of society who's contributing by being a professor, by being smart, by being educated. He has a wealthy family that he comes from. And so there's a little bit of privilege that's in play here. I don't know that it's really fully explored like why is Axel like this? Like, why does he have this addiction? Why does he have this problem? He can't help but want to lose. And I feel like there's there's more to be mined there in terms of the psychology of it, right? Like what makes a person behave this way and is, is compelled to do this to themselves? Now, in the 70s, maybe that wasn't really understood. It's like, hey, you're just out of your mind. You're just a, a loser. Like, you're just a degenerate. You just don't know any better. You just want to ruin your life. That's given a little bit short shrift of, like, what? how do we really explain this? I mean, James Con for all his talent as an actor and a, as just a presence, I mean, he he can certainly hold the, the story together. But I don't, you know, the thing that I kind of saw as I was watching the film is, like, I don't. I don't really feel like James Conn is this guy. There's something about it. Like, he's smart. He's handsome. He's tough. He's got it together. But for some reason, he's just self-sabotaging. And I get that that is the thing. That's the whole idea of the character. There's something just doesn't seem to line up. And, of course, now that's from the perspective of someone who doesn't have this kind of problem, doesn't live this kind of life. So... Maybe that's why it seems so kind of frustrating. And so, I mean, honestly, I would even say if if you had to kind of move this film around a little bit, like some of the the elements of it, someone like Burt Young would make more sense as Axel, who can be smart, can be a good guy, can be tough when he needs to be, but also he can really find himself hitting bottom. And so this film has some of that. Now, something I'll give this film is that it, it feels like a realistic and a, a, an authentic glimpse at, let's say, New York in the 70s. This part of the world, this era, this uh, way of life, even. I mean, it feels like of its time and it feels it feels real you know I, and i mentioned this in a previous film i can't remember i it might have been like light sleeper something like that from the 90s but it gives you uh, it gives you a part of seeing how some people move through the world and the in the places they move in and how they aren't glamorous they aren't even really um something that most people would be aware of and yet you know that these kinds of things can exist and these kinds of situations people can find themselves in. And so this, I think, it does a good job of giving us a glimpse of that. And it's not stylized, you know? It doesn't feel like a movie for the most part. I give it that. I mean, it it does have a very interesting touch to it that tonally, I think, it it has something to say about the time and the way that... Maybe people kind of felt about either gambling or just this kind of uh, destructive behavior. So, you know, if it comes down to if if this is really a film to recommend, I don't know that I'd really recommend it too much. I mean, it's got some strengths to it, but it feels a little bit like this was maybe the wrong guy to play this role. And that's not to say that James is is a bad actor, of course, but I just think, he brings so much James Caan to it that you expect this guy to come out on top. He's either going to push his way through it, be a tough guy, or he's going to outsmart everybody, or, I don't know, luck is just going to go his way. And by the end of this film, none of that really happens. I mean, the the person who really comes in hot on this, who is really like a live wire is Paul Sorvino, his hips. I mean, he brings a lot of energy, a lot of emotion to the table. This character is a guy who he deals with money. He doesn't play around. And when he needs his money, he needs his money. That's a character who is just threatening enough, just scary enough to feel like, okay, I got to take him seriously. But when you see even Axel doesn't really take him all that seriously until it's maybe too late. Because Axel really should, I mean, he's borrowing money from his girlfriend. He's borrowing money from his mother, from all kinds of people. And then he's got to pay all these people back on top of whatever he already owes. So it just, it becomes a mountain of money that he's got to win back somehow. And there is the, the, the buildup to a big bet, a big uh, windfall that he's looking for. And does that come around? Does that really work out for him? Well, I mean, maybe so. But by the end of the film, uh, we see that he's still not in a good place, like emotionally or mentally. And and the film kind of does a strange thing to try and tell us that. So I I don't know. I don't know if it's entirely successful. I get the story that I think it was trying to tell. Um, But if anything, it made me look forward now to the remake. Like, what, what were they able to either reimagine or amplify or just adjust from that first original version and what ended up coming in the remake? So let's take a look at that next. All right, here we go. Film Streak 259, The Gambler.
1: My family has been with this bank since my father-in-law started. Are you a relation? This is my son. Either you can't see the uncanny resemblance, or you're implying she's duress. Now what I want is $260,000 in cash. Is everything okay? When someone needs that amount of money in cash, nothing's okay. Birth, education, intelligence. Just do it. 21. Talent. Yeah. Looks. I've seen you be half a million dollars off I've up two and a half million dollars You got me feeling lucky I'm putting everything on black Red's been coming up all night You want me to pay you now? Maybe I enjoyed watching the show 19 red What's wrong with you? You got brain damage? Rough way to start the week Will you take away nothing else from my class? Desiring a thing cannot make you have it restaurant i need you to leave
0: because i've seen you in your other life
1: you owe money two places you shouldn't why do you want door number three it's the only way i'll get out i've said goodbye before to people i love yeah, whatever did happen to dad let's just deal with this gentleman who understand each other please no i need for us to treat each other like we're not gentlemen and that we're very very stupid what will they do to you if you don't pay break every bone in my body?
2: How am I going to get my money, Jim? I look like a magician. You must have thought you was magic occasionally.
0: If I have to pull you into an inappropriate relationship to
2: get you out of your job, I'm ready to go. So am I. What
1: if I told you that I'm not a gambler? real love, a real thing to do every day, and I'd just rather die if I don't get it. I just say that out loud? If I give you this money, and you don't pay me back, there are no rules. You understand the gravity of your situation. I know what I have to do. All and nothing, all the
0: money down. this is a film from 2014 It's directed by Rupert Wyatt. Uh, it's also written by James Toback who wrote the original film. And so here I really expected, Oh, this is going to be the exact same story and characters. And we're just going to get a 40 year update, right? From 1974 to 2014, what has changed in those 40 years either in the world or even just, uh, filmmaking wise, um, what what are we going to see that's really improving and conveying this story in a better way? And uh, I'll just say this, um, this film started to surprise me because the characters, none of these characters are the same. The story is a little bit familiar, but there are some changes to it. But uh, our main character in this film, his name is Jim, not Axel, and we start the film where there's a funeral. He uh, he has a rough night after the funeral. He goes to a, a play at some tables, high stakes, a lot of money getting thrown down. And he just burns through hands. I mean, he just cannot hang on to money. And he thinks he's winning big. He gets up by a lot. And he can't help but just keep doubling down or just keep going all in. And he ends up losing. He wins big and he loses bigger. And I think that's where we're at least establishing, like, this guy, he's not just playing to win. He's playing to just lose as much as he can. And I I think the other thing is that this establishes that we're dealing with much higher stakes now. I think in the original film, it was, uh, you know, all his debts, people were into him for like $44,000. And that's a lot of money for most people. But here we're seeing like, um, because this is a person who comes from some wealth, some privilege and and lives a certain lifestyle that mm, that's, that's tolerable. So of course that means that number has got to go up and it does. In this film, we're way up Um, because here, I mean, Jim in this film, he's also a professor. He teaches literature we're seeing a little more of him deal with students in a way that he's pressing them but he's also in his own way he's venting and he's expressing his own anger or frustration or bitterness like a lot of the the feelings that i think the character in the original film you, you had to kind of read between a lot of lines to see like what is this guy going through here it's coming out And it's coming out in terms of him, quote unquote, teaching, but uh, it's still coming out as there are some truths to what he's saying. You know, the only thing is, again, I just don't see this actor playing this role. Here we have Mark Wahlberg. He plays Jim. And he's a professor, but he's also a gambling addict. And I can't quite line all of those things up together. And, and, and that's where I feel like both of these films, in a way, they kind of suffer. To get at the heart of what this is, this is really a big acting challenge. And both James Kahn and Mark Wahlberg, I think they're at their best when they are guys' guys. When they are tough guys. When they're mean mugging it. And this character, just on paper, never seems like that kind of guy whether it's Axel or Jim, I mean, you're a college professor, you're struggling with uh, an addiction, and somehow you're the most handsome guy in the room still. I feel like those things don't always add up. Now, maybe they do, but I don't know. Life experiences tell me otherwise. So... That is already just it, it's a it 's a little bit of a hurdle for me to overcome with this film, but um, the other thing is some of the other actors some of the other characters in this film you know we 've got John Goodman, he plays Frank
1: Are you pulling this shit just now or forever? I mean, do you have a problem, wah, 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 like some little fucking girl, wah, 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 or some Somali who can 't process that there 's no food where they live. Or are you just fucked up temporarily because you're temporarily fucking stupid? Are you long business or short business? What's the difference? I need to know if you got the fucking brains to walk when it's time to walk. People don't, you know. Ball players who can't play anymore. Assholes trying to maintain a standard of living not possible anymore. A lot of those are around. I've seen you be half a million dollars up. I've been up two and a half million dollars. What do you got on you? Nothing. what would you put away? Nothing. You get up two and a half million dollars. Any asshole in the world knows what to do. You get a house with a 25-year roof, an indestructible Jap economy shitbox. You put the rest into the system of three to five percent to pay your taxes, and that's your base. Get me? That's your fortress of fucking solitude. And that puts you for the rest of your life at a level of fuck you somebody wants you to do something fuck you boss pisses you off fuck you own your house have a couple bucks in the bank don't drink that's all i have to say to anybody at any social level did your grandfather take risks yes i guarantee he did it from a position of fuck you a wise man's life is based around fuck you the united states of america is based on fuck you you're a king you have an army, greatest navy in the history of the world? Fuck you, blow me. We'll fuck it up ourselves.
0: You know, the interesting thing with this film though, with both of these really, if we want to look at both of the films and, and part of the the way that they work on these characters, is that Axel and Jim at some point in both of these films in this story they're basically required to turn to one of their students who is a basketball player to rig a game, right? So now we've got this character, his lives, his two lives, let's say, are starting to intersect, right? We're starting to cross the streams now. And bad things happen when you cross the streams, right? So now his teaching career is getting sideways with his gambling problem. And of course, it's the only way out. He's got to get a game to go a certain way. So he has one of his students kind of throw it or at least sway the score in a certain direction. And that's the buildup to the big moment, to the big payoff. And does that all work out? And, um, you know, I just think um, that's at least a wrinkle that makes sense in terms of when you have a gambling addiction or it's really kind of any addiction, you will do things to hide it from the rest of your life. Or you will at least like try to compartmentalize, right? I I think that's kind of common understanding of how this kind of thing can work. I'm not a psychologist or or any kind of, you know, expert on it, of course. But just, you know, hey, you just go through life. You see what people deal with. They have an issue. They have a thing. And they put it over here. And the rest of their life, they still try to make it work. And they go about their day. Maybe most people never are any wiser to it, right? But that thing is always on the side somewhere. And uh, uh, this film at least illustrates that in this way of... These two things were okay for him, for Jim or Axel, as long as they were separate. He could be okay somehow with losing thousands of dollars on a hand of cards or on a roulette table or whatever, as long as he knew like his life as a professor and dealing with his students and that kind of thing was still intact.
2: Aren't you afraid of dying for something other than natural causes? I gotta take whatever's coming because I don't have the money. Your grandfather pops and you don't have any money? Well, my grandfather thought I was a character builder, so. Not even I'll have it. You just say no. You get the Korean in there his? No. You know Lamar Allen? No. Don't fuck with me. He's a student of mine. What's this got to do with anything? You know what this got to do with everything. How much you know Lamar? That is the last time that you lie to me, my friend. Lamar don't need your help. Every man's got to go it alone, Jim. And Lamar's got to make his own choices, so let him make it. Now, I'm not going to call him that would merely confuse the issue. But you're gonna get me Lamar, and it will be more than an introduction. In fact, I don't even want an introduction. Lamar's gonna do exactly what I want him to do without ever seeing my face. I need him before the game tomorrow at home. Now they're running eight points on Michigan. You tell Lamar he can win if he wants, but no more than seven. But you get him for tomorrow. Because if not, I'm going to kill that pretty little blonde girl. Show you the pictures and then kill you next.
0: But once these things get crossed up, well, you know, then everything is at risk now. Everything is at stake. And it's more of a gamble than he would probably even be willing to wager but he does it anyway. And so that's where the, the real stakes of the film in terms of the story, I think, come into play is like, okay, now we're not just seeing a guy who's just throwing money away and maybe he kind of shrugs it off. Maybe he feels a certain way about it. Now we're seeing a guy who's really going to throw his whole life away. Even more than like physical harm and those kinds of threats. He's like, he's going to throw his career, his family, his friendships, all of that out the window now. If this doesn't work out. And so that's, I guess at least that is the idea with the story of like, let's see how far this can go. I just think um, if we're talking about this film, the, the 2014 remake, or if we're talking about the original. Honestly, I think the one real kind of thorn in the side for the whole thing is the casting specifically of the main character like, i just don't buy these guys as this character and you know cuz i i even think in my mind i'm like who who would play something like this better and i don't know i mean that could be that could be anybody but i i part of me even thinks like you almost have to go against maybe traditional, like Hollywood thinking. I mean, I imagine I was watching this remake, right? The 2014 version. And for whatever reason, I just thought, who in this time period could really kind of come in here and be this guy? Be the professor, be the gambler, be the, the loser's son in a way, be the um, troubled boyfriend or husband. And um, I don't know, to me, like, think about this. Think about this. What about somebody like a Richard Jenkins? Right? Somebody who's got, got some weariness to him, even just to look at him. But he's also got intelligence. He's also got a certain strength and a charisma even. But... Feels like at any moment he could just be downtrodden, and then a moment later he could be on top of the world. And I, you know, that's just someone who comes to mind right off the top. There, are, I feel like there are plenty of actors who could have really made this role really sing in a different way, and so that's where I, I just feel like that's the issue I come down to with both of these films. I don't really know that either of them are great films. If anything, I would lean maybe more towards the original because it just has a grit to it, a, a certain kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, a raw quality to it. And yet the, the modern remake, it feels a little more stylish. I mean, you hear it in the trailer and like, okay, it the trailer even is a problem because it even feels like it's trying to give it like a scorsese vibe and it's not there's enough unevenness with either the filmmaking or the casting and the story is not even the problem like i understand the story and i like what it's trying to say i just think there are other things around it with the films themselves that don't really don't really add up so this film, the original and the remake, they're both currently, right now, at least, they're available on Paramount Plus. So you could go watch these yourself and see what you think. Maybe you prefer one of the other. Maybe you don't like either one. Um, maybe you like them both. I don't know. So if you have Paramount Plus, go check it out there. And look, so one thing I will say though is, as I was watching both of these films. It occurred to me, there is another film that does exactly what I think this film was trying to do, but it does it even better. And it does it in a way that um, really shows the depths that someone can sink to and can try and claw their way out of better than either of these two films. I'm sure you've seen it. Maybe it just hasn't clicked yet. There's the film from just a few years ago, Uncut Gems. That is the best remake of The Gambler to date. That's my hot take. Look at it. It's about a guy who's got a gambling problem. He's trying to always win big. He's looking for the next thing. Also involves a basketball player and a basketball game. The outcome of it, that's the big bet. He's dealing with a girlfriend. He's dealing with his business. He's dealing with his, like, day job. And how all those things are starting to cross up on each other. It's getting real hairy. A lot of money's, like, stacking up. Now debts are coming after him. But look, in Uncut Gems, compare that to these. Look, Adam Sandler, he's not that guy. He's not the tough guy. He's not the guy's guy. I mean, he has a comedy background. But if you look at some of his other acting roles... This fits more with where I, I guess, personally feel like this kind of a character would live that space where he's got his own business. He seems very sure of himself. He's got a lot of things, a lot of plates spinning. So he's competent, he's capable, but at the same time, um, he's playing a lot of things off of each other and he's doing, you can see there's a lot of gears turning in his mind that, if one of those things doesn't work out, okay, what do I do next? And then how is this all going to come back at me? And yet he's just like trying to stay one step ahead of it. And even when it's impossible, even when he's kind of catching up in a way, he's he's always on the move. He's always going. And so, like, I actually watched that film. I actually watched Uncut Gems after watching these two. And that it just reinforced the thought. I'm like, yes. If you want to see the best version of The Gambler, go watch Uncut Gems. I'll just say that. We'll leave it there. Okay? All right. So, hey, that was another episode of Film Streak. I hope you liked that. Just kind of looking at uh, a a film from uh, many decades ago and then what the remake looks like and then how the two compare. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you have a different take. Maybe you have a different understanding of these films and what they were trying to do. If you do... Hey, just let me know. Send something to comments at filmstreak.com. You can go to filmstreak.com and find this episode there. Leave a comment there. If you also want to subscribe, uh, you can listen to other episodes there. Um, There's also a list, right? Uh, All these films I've been talking about here, I keep a list on IMDb. So you can go there. You can add that to your list or rate them or, or find out where to watch them. All good stuff. And in the meantime, hey, um, thanks for listening and, and checking this out. And, and uh, let's go watch some more new movies.